0: All right, welcome to another episode of Gin and Truth. I'm the captain of this ship, Robert motherfucking Reed. I've got a tumbler full of Hendrix. I got a mindful of thoughts. Let's go. Gang, before we get started, I, let, th- this one's going to be tough. And I'll tell you right up front, we're going to talk about sexual assault, rape, sex crimes, and I'm going to eventually tie it into uh, celebrity status, people with power, shit like that. But before we get started, I'm going to tell you all exactly what it is I tell the women who come to my seminars. My one-on-ones are a little bit different. But for the people who come to the class-like settings, I always tell them self-defense starts with you. And it starts right here in this class. If there's something that you don't want done. And I tell, I'm a seventh degree black belt. Maybe when I hit eighth degree, they'll teach me how to read minds. But right up until that point, I'm telling you, I don't know how to do it, right? Please find a way to communicate any of your issues with me. If if you don't want me to look at you, and I give them plenty of ways to communicate with me, I won't look at you. If you don't want me to touch your shoulder, your hair, don't want me to use you as an Oogie, uh, sorry, uh, oogie uh, martial arts world. It's pretty much the per you're volunteer. All right. So you're going to demonstrate a technique on if there's anything that you don't want done for whatever reason, no matter how big you think that reason is or how minute you think that reason is, it's a legit fucking reason. So I always tell them that if there's something you don't want done or said, Please find a way to commune. If I could spare you the quote-unquote embarrassment of having to verbalize it, I would. But I don't know how. Maybe again, maybe that's eighth degree. So please tell me, and I will 100% respect your boundaries. Even if that means you have to walk out of my classroom, I invite you to leave. Now, that being said, every woman is handed all my contacts I'm not just kicking them out in the cold, right? If you need to leave and after you collect yourself, which is totally understandable, you want to reach out and I've had this happen, I I will sit and I will talk to you. I will drive you to the police department. I will take you to the hospital. I'll do whatever you need me to do to help you get up and over and, and start to move forward. Whatever that may look like, I will do that for you. I say that to tell you this, this one's going to be tough. There there will probably be very little, you know what time it is, you know, drink the Hendrix, gin and truth, let's go. If at any point during this podcast, you are feeling the least bit uncomfortable, turn this shit off. Now, I I will give you all the exact same uh, information. Robert Christopher40 at yahoo.com. Obviously, I'm not going to give out my phone number. But if there, if there, if I can help someone in any way, let me know. Right? Twitter. You, I, I, I'm getting a little bit better at checking my direct messages. At RCRead40, at RC read40. Hit me up on Twitter. Maybe I can help you out in another way. But I lie to you not when I tell you, if listening to what I'm getting ready to say bothers you. If it kicks you back to a, a possible bad situation, you've turn this shit off. This is not for you. And you know what? That is beyond okay. Protect yourself. You and I can talk about this later. But if this is bothering you, turn this shit off. And again, contact me if you need me. But we're going to go over some deep, dark shit. I'm going to give you all some explanations. Maybe a couple tips and pointers. I'm going to tie this into some celebrity status shit. We're going to see where this goes. I just depressed the shit out of my goddamn self. So maybe let's bless this episode With a little bit of Hendrix, hold on. You know what time it is. Jin and truth. Let's go. So, gang, I've been doing martial arts for about a quarter of a century. Uh, I'm a seven-degree black belt in kajikimbo. Uh, I always have fun in the seminars, and I ask, you know, who knows what, you know, kajikimbo is. And if two people raise their hands, I'm like, well, we got a room full of honest people and two liars, right? No, Kaji Kimbo is the first ever American-born martial arts system. It, Kaji Kempo is actually an acronym. K-A-J-U-K-E-N-B-O. Karate, Judo, Jiu-Jitsu, Chinese kempo, and Chinese Boxing, otherwise known as Kung Fu. Uh, in the early 40s, five martial arts masters from those respective arts got together and they bas- they went into a basement for two years, the Palama Settlement. Everything about their respective arts that they found to be lethal, disgusting, incredibly violent and effective, they kept. Everything that they deemed to be ceremonial, useless, you know, just showy, they got rid of. They put all those techniques in a blender, the ones that were left standing. They put all those techniques in a blender. Two years later, out came Kaji Kimbo. Now, this makes for great toilet reading, but one of the many nicknames for Kajikimbo is the art of street fighting. You will not going to see Kajikimbo on ESPN3, you know, with the people who are doing five backflips in the air, they're, Their katana has got, you know, like sparkly shit on it. And every fifth movement, you have some assholes. Okay, you're not going to see us on those shows. This is honestly and truly the art of street fighting. It is small joint manipulation. It is breaking shit. It is biting someone's dick off. It is eye gouging. The only rule basically in Kaji Kimbo is you're going to be the last person standing. And that's what I teach. Uh, my specialty, I'm a Kempo specialist and a blade specialist, a knife specialist. Kempo is the kind of the foundation, Adriano Imparato, Uh, the guy who there were five of them, obviously. But the one who gets kind of the big credit is Adriano Imparato our uh, Sejo, our grandmaster, our leader. (laughs) I've eaten dinner with him. That's how young Kaji Kimbo is, believe it or not. My very first seminar, uh, black belt seminar, was held in Las Vegas, Nevada. I ate dinner with the guy who created Kaji Kimbo just to let you know how young this art actually is, right? Now, Adriano was a brutal fucker. His brother, uh, what was it, Tony? My brain is farting. Uh... This is why we're also called the Art of Overkill. Tony was a student. He was a black belt. He was very good at what he did. Long story short, he got into a fight. Guy had a knife. Tony did it. Tony whipped his ass. Tony walked away. While Tony's back was turned, the guy gets up, stabs Tony, puts so many holes in him, they can't stop the bleeding. Tony dies. Now, that's some sad shit. After that, Adriano Imperado ramped up the severity of Kajikimbo. That's why it's called the art of overkill. Once you are down and you are going up against a Kajikimbo practitioner, our only mission is to make sure that you don't get up. One of my favorite techniques, and I can't show you because obviously I'm on a podcast, but one, it, you, you, you'll never use it. And I'll explain kind of how techniques work and katas and stuff like that, but it is so fucked up <laughs> by the time you walk away from the person, you almost feel bad. It is pure hatred. It is pure hatred poured into a technique. If you were to use only a quarter of those finishing moves from this one technique, that person would die on the fucking spot. And I love it. It is truly the art of overkill. No one is going to get up after a Kaji Kimbo practitioner puts them down. That that No, you're just not going to do it. And one of the running jokes is, because a lot of uh, martial arts, your uniform is white. Ours is black. And when you ask a Kaji Kimbo uh, practitioner, why is your uniform black? it's Our response is, it's because we don't want your blood to show on my uniform. We're only there to fuck you up. If you push us that far. And that's what I teach those women. That is what I, I, you got to scale it back because I'll tell you what to tell them. My, my mission, I can show you all some next level shit stuff. That's taken me decades to learn. And you'll sit there and your jaw will be on the ground. You're like, Oh, he's so cool. But no one gets anything out of that. So my only mission is to make those techniques translatable to the novice. And I tell them, I teach this class as if I'm the only person with any kind of awareness that one of you is going to be attacked when you leave here. I want you to be able to easily reach for these techniques. I want to make them novice level. I want to make them effective. But I want to make sure that if you leave my studio and you go to a bar, you go to make groceries, you go to the gym, you go pick up your whatever you're going to do. And if some asshole jumps out behind the uh, bar or whatever, you can call for these techniques. So that's kind of how it is I teach my class. Gang, the reason why, and I'm going to go into a little bit more depth, the reason why when Christian apologists go into objective morality and you can't, hey, at least I have a standard by which to call rape wrong. Let me tell you why I finally get into some detail on why that pisses me the fuck off so much. Don't do it in my class, but go to a self-defense class. Go listen to those stories. They're transformative. I am not the same person today as when I first started doing this over 15 years ago. I see the world completely fucking different now. Hundreds, maybe thousands of women, I've had the honor of teaching how to fight. And do you know who doesn't give a fuck about stupid word games and objective this? and uh, Those women, they don't care. And by the time they get to me, you can't put the shit back in the donkey, right? Whatever sex crime they experience, it's already happened. So they don't care if someone, hey, at least I can say it's objectively. They don't give a fuck about any of that. You know what they do care about? They care about who's going to share their space with them now. Who's going to help keep them safe. And motherfuck me, who am I? I'm nobody. Do you know who the real superheroes are in this story? Those women. Again, I've described myself in other episodes. I am 6'3 on the nose. I'm in my mid-240s, weight-wise. I'm a very muscular, bald-headed black dude with a beard. If you don't know me, I look like a fucking mass murderer. And these women who are half my size sometimes, imagine the courage it takes to walk up to a complete stranger who looks like me and ask for my help. And not with their taxes. But in the most intimate situations, I've been in between women's legs. I've had women straddle me while I'm on my back. I've done it to them. I put my hands places on accident that I shouldn't have done. It's part of the job. Those women are the brave ones. Can y'all hear Papa? He's totally ruining the moment. This son of a bitch. I'm closing the door. Hold on. Papa, you're terrible. Those are the real heroes, not me, not even fucking close. And those people, hold on, moving my cord here. going it be this difficult? Okay, here we go. Maybe Papa needed to uh, interrupt that somber moment. What do you think? Let me plug this back in. Okay. I don't want to run out of juice while I'm saying something crucial. But I was going to say, those are your real heroes. They come to a total stranger like me and they ask for help. Those women, after going through what they go through, let me me bring up that fucker's name again, Frank Turk. Do you think it gives those women any comfort at all whatsoever that someone like Frank Turk or Jeff Durbin has an objective means by which to call something? Shut the fuck up. That's why I don't get into it every single time. And I do mean every single time I have fixed my mouth to argue on whether rape is objectively wrong. I have effectively slapped every single woman in the face who has trusted me with her darkest moment. That's why I don't do it anymore. And that's why I get so upset when some asshole wants to sit here and act like they've got this ultimate, you know, ace card up their sleeve. And like, ha, ha, well, at least I can call it wrong. Well, guess what, fucker? Congratulations. That is no different than saying thoughts and prayers. Because when someone tells me they're praying for me during a dark moment, all I hear is, oh, by the way, I'm not going to do a fucking thing. Your ability or what you think is your ability to call something objectively wrong Does not help the situation at all. And those ladies don't give a fuck. That you can call it pumpernickel. Call it a fire truck. Those ladies officially don't give a fuck what you call it. They want to know, are you going to sit with them? They want to know, hey, are you going to teach me how to fight? I have never once in over 15 years of doing this job, not a single time. Has a woman said, well, you know, Robert, you know, what he did to me, it, it was terrible, but I'm an atheist. And I mean, it, it's just my opinion that it was bad. I mean, it was good for him, but it was bad for me. I mean, I just don't have a... Shut the fuck up! No one ever says that. Not a single time. And I have heard more gut-wrenching stories than what I care to remember. And not a single woman has ever said... Well, Robert, I, I, I'm i so confused. I just can't call it wrong. I mean, I'm an atheist. I'm a Muslim. I'm, I'm anything but a Christian. I, I want to be able to say it was wrong, Robert, but I just can't. Yeah, that's never fucking happened. That has never fucking happened. So that is my long-winded explanation. And I can go longer, trust me, on why it is. I don't entertain those conversations with apologists who want to sit here and say, Well, it's just your opinion that it's bad. And they're right. It is my opinion. And it's a valid fucking opinion because I sit and I listen to those stories. And again, the real heroes, matter of fact, to the real motherfucking heroes, the ladies who have the spine to approach a stranger who looks like me and to ask for help Those are your heroes. We are going to tip one back for those incredibly strong heroes. Hold on. You know what time it is. Those are for my ladies. Mm. Jen and truth and fucking strength. Let's go. So now y'all know why it is. I don't entertain these fucking conversations. You, you, You are either rolling up your sleeves and getting your hands dirty and helping out, or you're sitting in a corner jerking off all over yourself saying, hey, at least I can call it objectively wrong. And if you're in column B, I don't want to talk to you. Right? If you see a homeless person and they're starving, they can't eat your prayer, but they can eat a bologna sandwich. I'm going to give them the bologna sandwich. And I'm glad you get to go to your Sunday school service. And hey, I prayed for a homeless person. Great. But did you give them a sandwich? Great. You can call it objectively wrong. But did you help out? Nine times out of the 10, that answer is no. And I'm not just talking about Christians. And I'm not bashing anyone for not doing it. This is the choice I've made. But if you're not going to help out, shut the fuck up. This objectively wrong bullshit. You can shove it up your ass. But moving on, (laughs) if I can move on from that. (laughs) So when I say this has changed me, let me tell you how. Clearly, I'm a man of minority status. And if this is your first time seeing me, I am black. I've been born and raised in the South. It's where pretty much I've lived for 90 plus percent of my life. I've had things done to me that I wouldn't wish on anybody. Most of which I I haven't shared. It's too painful to talk about. But you know whose vision I don't have? A woman. And I'll tell y'all exactly what it is I tell them. I learn more from y'all than you could ever learn from me. And I can spend the next 90 minutes just talking about that. But one of the ones that comes to mind. I mean, there's a thousand that come to mind. So again, I'm just going to try and streamline this shit. Because I always wing it. But there was one lady. I uh, i was hired by a group of physical therapists. One of the ladies was probably as big as my thigh. She was not a big woman at all whatsoever. And her You know, meditation time, she loved to exercise. She loved to run more specifically. She didn't live with her boyfriend. And the reason why I tell you that is she would get up and she'd go hit the running trail at like 6 o'clock in the morning. But every single step she took, she texted her boyfriend. Let's call him Sam. Hey, Sam, it's 5 o'clock in the morning. I'm up now. Hey Sam, it's 5:15. I just had a coffee. I took a shit. I'm uh, putting on my running shoes. Hey Sam, it's 5:30. I'm gonna run. Uh, drive to uh, Town Lake. Hey Sam, it's 5:45. I've arrived at Town Lake. I'm I'm stretching. Hey Sam, it's 5:59. I'm gonna start running. Uh, you've got my mother's contact list and every single step she took. She had to communicate with him, And quite literally, like, hey, if you don't hear from me, by 6.55, something's wrong. Right? Please call the cops. That was every day. I don't have that vision. And the fucked up thing about what I just told you. So I, my former Jack Russell, Thor rest. I mean, you know what? We're going to hit a little bit of this delicious Hendrix for my main man, H.I. Hold on. You know what time it Mm-hmm. Delicious. Gin and truth. Let's go. So I had a Jack Russell, and I got him pretty much the day he was born until the day he closed his eyes 17 years later. That was my boy. Uh, Around 12, he had a stroke and lost the use of his back legs. The doctor said, hey, he's going to be inconvenient if you want to put him down. I told that doctor to go fuck himself with a cactus. Reeds don't run. So I would walk for him. And every single morning, I don't sleep much. I would, the exact same running trail, the exact same running trail, I would just put HI in my car, get his stroller. I'd hit the trail. Sometimes we walk for an hour, two hours. It's just the way the shit worked out. And I never once thought that I should communicate with someone the entire time. Why? I'm a large black guy. If someone jumps me, chances are there's going to be a big fucking difference in that outcome. I'm ready for it. I'm trained for it. Bring the funk. This lady was five foot two, 105, 110 pounds, healthy looking, but tiny. I didn't have her vision. That's something that I would have never thought about. Right? Uh, two of the ladies I'm thinking about that come to mind, both movers and shakers. One's an incredibly successful attorney. The other one is a PhD and an entrepreneur. Again, things that I never fucking think about. And they both told me this on two separate occasions. They don't even know each other. And I remember the lawyer saying it first, right after she even made partner. It was like, Robert, if I am called upon, if, if she's called upon for an idea in, you know, the partner meeting, it's always met with, let's call her Joanne. Joanne, that's, that's a really good idea. And it's always met with a thigh rub, a shoulder rub. Now, if John, again, that's if she's even called on. Now, when John has the exact same idea, God damn it, John, that's why we fucking hired you. You got balls the size of fucking basketballs. You're the motherfucking man. You're like, Robert, it's two totally different responses. And my PhD entrepreneur, she told me the exact same thing. If I'm called upon and I have a spectacular idea, the voice comes down. It becomes softer and more delicate. And I can't have a good idea, Robert, without my thigh being caressed or without an unasked for uninvited creepy shoulder massage in the middle of a fucking business meeting. I don't have that vision, gang. I'm a large black dude. And again, if you don't know me and you just see me sitting, most people won't approach me. I can turn it off like my father. I remember a football game I I was a kid and we went to go see a high school football game. Everyone's hooping and hollering and all this other crap. And my dad is sitting there watching the game. I never thought twice about it. And a friend came up, saw me in the bleachers and we're talking and they were like, what's wrong with your dad? And my mom still laughs about it to this day. And I was like, nothing, he's just enjoying the evening. (laughs) My dad is not a very approachable guy unless you know him. I'm not a very approachable guy unless you get to know me right and so again I, I these are things that I don't ever think about nor see because that's not my fucking universe these ladies teach me way more about the world than what it is I can teach them the the world that And again, I have only lived in America, so I'm going to say American women. The world that American women that they live in, it's not the same as what we guys live in. Guys, I hope you're listening. Again, I'm not even talking about so much the rapes and the sexual assaults, which I'm really about to dig off in on this second portion. We don't live in the same world, guys. And the exact same thing I say about mental illness. It's easy to to call cancer fighters brave. They are. When you see a bone sticking out of the skin, you can say, oh, that's fucked up. But when someone tells you that basically they don't see reality the same way you do, it's easy to dismiss because you can't put your finger on it. And I always say the best thing you can say to someone with an invisible disease is I believe you. Fellas, this is on us. When our sisters, our wives, our aunts, our coworkers at our feet, when they tell us that this shit is different, our the least we can do and still call ourselves respectful is to say, I believe you. And the hardest part, which I've had to take this ass whooping too, is to say, you know, what you said was sexually inappropriate. What you did, sexually inappropriate. Now, you can sit here and be a dick. Like, oh, oh, just toughen up, mother. No. The only thing for us to do, guys, is to say, one, I believe you. Two, I'm sorry. And then you got to go back to the fucking drawing board and work on yourself. Put in the work. I am a work in progress. By no means am I perfect. Fuck me. But like I said, those women have taught me way more. Than what it is i could ever teach them now here we go we're coming on the 29 minute mark so you know what time it is i'm gonna drain the weasel and even though i hadn't had a lot i'm gonna freshen up this hendrix because hashtag tradition i'll be back for part two of gin and truth let's go